We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRA. DIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am your host, Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, and the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. Hey, welcome in. Happy Tuesday. It is a great day to be alive. We're on to week five. You don't have to submit waiver claims tonight. That's tomorrow. Work on that tomorrow. Let's talk about some of the greatest um, uh, issues facing you trying to win that million dollars in the FFPC main event and the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship, also a million-dollar grand prize. We're going to get to our guest tonight in a second. Before we get to him, I want to remind you to go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, and take part in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft in this. There is no salary cap in this. Just choose 10 players if you want to play without kickers and defenses, or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Buy Sunday's kickoff and watch them ride throughout the weekend so you can win fantasy glory only one player per nfl team just like our ffpc world famous uh playoff challenge you can enter for 35 dollars. you can enter for 200 dollars. you can play in a 10 team format a 50 team format or a 100 team format i'd take that back a 10 team a 30 team or a 100 team format uh went up to 2500 as well myffpc.com 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 is where to go remember to like this video subscribe to the channel comment on this video share it to your friends share it to your enemies and get notified every single time we go live which is basically at a minimum three times a week going forward until the end 
of the 2023 NFL season. Uh, let's welcome in tonight's guests, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Hart and Toby Bielkini, winners of numerous FFPC high stakes fantasy football leagues in their careers. They're going to discuss their chase for the overall title in the 2023 FFPC main event, a competition that's going to pay out a $1 million grand prize. We're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor potentially coming back to the Colts. We're going to talk about Jahan Dotson, whether his slow start should affect how you play him going forward and potential sneaky flex play in FFPC for a tight end um, in week five in the FFPC and going forward as well. That is all coming up on tonight's show. Let's welcome in uh, my number one guest. You follow him on the X machine at WW chart. It is Chris Hart and our other guest tonight, the incomparable Toby Bielkini. Guys, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having us. And I just got to say, those are some dope beats. I always get goosebumps when I hear those intro dope beats. That that is, uh, I I like to say it was it was a band I I looked long and hard for. Chris, it is not. It is royalty free music. It is by a an artist called Grapes, all lowercase, just like the fruit. And uh, Grapes has been our theme music for this show for damn near 10 years but it is a great yep. theme song and it's why we kept it this long it's it, and and by the way as long as grapes has been our theme song you and toby have been doing very very well in high stakes fantasy football so congratulations to you guys and you're chasing a million dollar grand prize right now chris as well thank you yeah we've been going at this for a while i think we started the high stakes stuff uh, the first year of wcoff and we've got, got done your contest every year and a bunch of other contests we've dabbled with. So yeah, we love it. And uh, thank you for providing the format for uh, all of us to have such a good time. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it uh, for sure. And, and it's a pleasure having you guys on. We have not, I, I looked this up. I have not had you guys on a podcast in like four years. So the fact that fantasy football is still fun and entertaining for me is amazing that I have not talked to you guys in this long because you're the guys that always keep it fresh and fun for me. Let's let's keep uh, uh, everything going on uh, tonight with trying to help out everybody who is tuning in in the YouTube chat, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're watching it tonight. Chris, uh, let's talk about Tank Dell. Uh, kick things off to you. Um, Nico Collins crushed it this past weekend. CJ Stroud looks awesome. Um, Tank Dell did not have a good game. Would you still feel comfortable starting him in Atlanta this weekend, um, a, a team that can be had through the air. And honestly, Tank Dell has had more good games than bad games. However, his last one was not great. How would you feel about starting Tank Dell this weekend? Uh, I, th I think he's a good start this week. Um, Atlanta has a really good cornerback named A.J. Terrell, and, he, and he, he played really well last week. And he shut down some uh, receivers that we were expecting to have a good good game last game. And and uh, so A.J. Terrell is going to be on Nico Collins this week, I think. And um, and um, with that being said, there's going to be some opportunity for him there. I love Tank Dell. The guy is – he kind of reminds me of a, of a Deshaun Watson kind of guy. He doesn't have that top-end speed, but when we were scouting come out of college, he could – he has such short area quickness, and he keeps the defensive backs – on their heels and he, he just has the ability to cut in and out of the brakes um, really, really, really quick. And it's really hard to cover him. So I definitely think there's going to be opportunity for the, him this week. I do think he's a kind of a, a player that can do more with targets and receptions um, than other people and points per, per but um, he, he doesn't need that many to have a big day. So 
Uh, I would feel confident starting this week, especially. Um, but overall, uh, I do think that there's still some risk with the player like that. I think he's going to have volatile games. Um, I think he's great for a best ball. and for But for this particular week, I'd, I'd be confident in starting him. I think I, I'm leaning to – like I, I was depressed the first – big blowout tank Dell had this year. I checked to see how many teams I had him on and it wasn't enough, quite frankly. And it's still not enough, which is frustrating, but it is what it is. That's fantasy. And, and now as, as far as my dynasty leagues go, I can still try to attempt to trade for him going forward. Um, that is how Chris uh, Hart views tank Dell this weekend. Toby, let me kick things over to you. Jahan Dotson. You guys saw this. He was a, a player through the end of July and August, really rising up draft boards. And people were very excited about drafting him. His underwhelming September obviously has some FFPC owners rethinking what they should be doing with him in their starting lineups. He plays early this week, short rest against the Chicago Bears. The, the, are you rethinking starting him if you own him? And I know you guys own him in a couple of leagues. Are you rethinking starting him? Or is this matchup simply too juicy to sit a guy like Jahan Dotson, Toby? Okay. I definitely would have to say that this this – uh, matchup Chicago, uh, you got to play them. Um, they've given up uh, big, uh, big plays to receivers. And whenever it comes, uh, whenever we reevaluate a player that, that we had really high, we have to look at targets. He has gotten nine targets last week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that will continue. He is starting to do more and more with those targets. Um, and Chicago's defense versus the pass, they're bottom, bottom 10, you know, bottom 10 against. Uh, passing yards, uh, allowing passing yards, and uh, scoring points uh, via the air. So uh, definitely like uh, Dodson. I'm not saying I I, I, uh, I would start him no matter what. If you got better options, go for it. But, uh, you know, early in the offseason, it was uh, uh, McLaren who was being drafted above him. And then as he got hurt, you know, Dodson started moving up the boards and then flip-flopped. Uh, but this is kind of what, you know, what would have been the, the, this is what we think they would have done had McLaren not gotten hurt. Mm -hmm. McLaren was always the number one. Dodson is the number two, but a super talented one. And I'm a little higher on how than, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people. I, I think that he can throw the ball. I, I think that offense can work. Not loving, uh, uh, Loving the week to week. Last week, I thought they would be a bad play against the Eagles. Never would have saw them putting up 31 points. So, and, and I think, and Toby, that's a great point too, because you know, you think about um, the commander's offense in general after what we saw this past week. Again, small sample size. I don't want to overreact to it. But if you are looking at that game in week four, either you have to start being a fan of Howell, McLaurin, Dotson, Samuel. Logan Thomas, um, Brian Robinson, so on and so forth. Or you have to hate the Eagles defense, right? Because the Eagles defense let all this 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 stuff go this week. And who are they playing? Oh, by the way, it's the Bears defense this week who was up 28-7 late in the third quarter against the hapless Denver Broncos, still found a way to lose that game. So there is something to be said about Jahan Dotson this week. And 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 I don't and Toby, I'll follow up on this. Like what you guys saw in Dotson um, prior to the start of the season, are you still seeing that there or have you soured on him at all based on, you know, he's got a lot of targets in September, hasn't 
translated into yardage, touchdowns, and, and catches it all. Have you changed the way you think about him at all? If there's somebody better on my bench, I'll, I'll be playing them above them. I mean, not this matchup. This matchup, you know, we're in this is week five, it's the first week of buys. Uh, we got four teams on buys, so that's one eighth of the league is out. There's a lot of the a lot of teams where we're going to be playing Dotson because he is the best option, and then there's some where we'll we'll find somebody better. Let's let's go back to you, Chris, um, uh, and and we'll talk about quarterbacks here. Uh, Jordan Love, we have four full weeks of him as the starter, where he's prepping to be the starter every single week. Um, looked awesome against the Bears. Uh, looked solid against the Saints at least for one quarter. Um, you can make the case that in the second half against the Lions, he he was pretty good. Uh, the the Falcons, he was bad. <laughs> it's just unequivocal. I mean, uh, for three quarters, he was okay, but he didn't make any big plays. I guess the, the thing that we have to look at for fantasy purposes is whether Jordan Love is approaching the status, especially as Toby just pointed out, we have bye weeks for the first time this year. We might be having some quarterback issues going forward. Does Jordan Love um, represent a guy that you can stream in the right matchup, or are you guys still a ways away from from deploying Love out in your starting lineup in a one quarterback league? Um, I I actually think that he is getting close to not just stream starting, but he he seems to be his floors are pretty high right now, especially with his rushing ability. I think he's getting he's averaging a half rushing touchdown per game and right there that can pick you up. Plus I feel like he has a strong arm, he has a decent command of the offense. If he if that offensive line can hold up for a little while, he seems to be pretty good in finding his guys. Plus he has some weapons coming back. Um I like him. I think he's more uh, more of a 12 team starter than a streamer is right now from what I've seen. I'm really impressed with him and uh with his versatility it 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 can if you have uh if your pass offense is struggling he can make some um hay and rushing which uh, that's what takes elite quarterbacks um elite fantasy quarterbacks that's what gives them such an advantage is their floor is so much lower so i like him um he's got denver coming up um mm -hmm. he's got minnesota coming up um th those two are pretty easy starts for me right now their defenses are giving up a lot of passing yards and then I think overall he's got he's got really really nice potential. I, I'd love to have him in a dynasty league. Um I do actually have him in one, but um um I, I see good things for him in the future. And I know you're a pack fan, so uh that's probably why you engineered this question. Well, but, uh, <laughs> I, well, I, I think I think I think that I think that uh he, he has a lot of potential and I would have to think that you think the same thing. As far as ha finding someone to replace Aaron Rodgers, I think you got to be pretty happy with what you've seen so far. I, I will say this, and I don't want to again. Anytime any brings up anybody brings up the Packers, myself included, I don't want to turn it into a Packers show. But like prior to yep. the season, I thought he'd be all right. I thought he'd be okay. I didn't think he would, you know, crap the bed or anything like that. He's been in the in the system for three years now. He knows what's going on. He's got some young playmakers he can grow up with. That said, um, I, I think that. Um, at least in Northeast Wisconsin, the people I've talked to here, it's very important to understand just because he has a good game doesn't mean we have to reevaluate our expectations for him. Uh, just because the Packers um, come back against the Saints or crush the Bears doesn't need to, to 
it doesn't mean we need to start looking at like, oh my God, the Packers could win 11 games this year and Jordan Love could be a pro bowler. Let, let's slow our roll on it. Um, the, the expectation was always to be the Packers competing for a playoff spot, probably being right around 500 at the end of the season. Um, and Jordan Love have mixing in some good games with some bad games. Right. Um, and he's done it. Like he, I mean, he, I, he's exceeded my expectations as far as September, what I expected here. And I think the greatest thing about love is he's making a player like Jaden Reed, be semi flex worthy, especially with the buys coming up. He's making a player like Luke Musgrave, um, like in the FFPC tight end premium, he's making a player like that guy being a potential every week start. Um, he has not had the benefit of having Christian Watson for a, a, a full scope of snaps yet this season. He has not had the benefit of having Aaron Jones since week one. So I, I think there's a lot to, to learn about the Packers going forward. To your point, Chris, I think there is a reason to, to think that this is a guy that could slide, uh, slide in as a starting quarterback if your starter is on bye. I drafted him as a backup in plenty of leagues. He is going to be starting for me during the bye week gauntlet for sure. That is the end of my Packers conversation. <laughs> Potentially. We could always bring it up again. I drafted him on over 60% of my best ball leagues this, this summer. But not as a starter, so, right, Toby? Like this no, is like no, your no. second quarterback, right? Second quarterback, get two good quarterbacks, but 60, I think I had him 61 or 60% of my team's second most drafted uh, player, number one quarterback for me, just based on value and upside. And love him in that format where I don't have to pick the game. You know, I can, I can be happy that I have him. 100% correct. And, and I love that. I mean, Jordan Love is a great best ball pick this year. We'll see what he does going forward. I think that the, the, the next compelling conversation we'll have about him is in the offseason to see where how high he goes uh, as potentially a top 12 starter uh, next year. Let's shift over to running backs, Toby. Jonathan Taylor, we're hearing some scuttlebutt about him this week that uh, Shane Steichen, the head coach of the Colts, says he's going to practice this week and uh, potentially be active for the game on Sunday. Now, he is facing a Tennessee Titans rush defense that has been almost impossible to run on this year. Taylor is not in football shape. We know that. If he is active on Sunday, is he the type of player that you say, you know what, I understand his upside, but I can't play him in this matchup? Or um, do you say, like, oh, my God, he's finally active, fresh legs, let's go, you're going to play Taylor? And then uh, conversely, and I don't know how much shares, Toby, that you guys own a Zach Moss, but what do you do with Zach Moss this week? If, if Taylor is active, can you kind of take us through your thought process that you and Chris are having in regards to your Jonathan Taylor teams? Okay, so normally if a player messes around with holdouts, mainly running backs, I get nervous. Uh, it just seems like they, they pull a hamstring or something. It, they, it, feel, it feels like the first couple games back, they're more of an injury risk. And, and just even for just that game, you know, getting as many touches as you need. That being said, I think that Jonathan Taylor is – I've got to imagine he's got a fire burning under him a little bit more considering this is a player versus owner situation, not a player versus coach. I think the coaches, they all want to win if he's ready to play. If he practices, then I'll, then, then I'll feel comfortable putting him in there. It's, it's Tuesday. Uh, if, he, you know, if he practices this week, if no practice – I, I I can't do. I I almost feel more comfortable uh, playing a random plug and play at that point. Let's say, and and I'll play devil's advocate on this. Let's say he doesn't practice tomorrow, Toby. Let's say he doesn't practice on Thursday. He gets in a limited practice on Friday. He's listed as questionable. 
Does that make him a sit for you on Sunday? Yeah, I tried. I would try to. Uh, the we kind of look at players. You need to have a ten point floor. Uh, if if a running back's not gonna, if I don't feel comfortable that he's gonna get a ten point floor, there's got to be somebody else on my in my uh, on my team on the roster somewhere that I can put him in. So, not to fall back on my usual answer that if there's somebody better on my, you know, on my bench, I'd rather I'd rather go that route. But at the same time, I, I might, uh, man, if, if I knew he was playing, I might, I might take some of the overs, some of the long shots on the alternative running, you know, uh, sites like, you know, just cause I could see him doing 125 yards. If it like, even against the, even against the Tennessee, uh, usually it's the, it's Henry that has a good game against the Colts though. So. Chris, I don't know uh, how much you and Toby watch Red Zone on Sunday. I, I love it. I, I can't get enough of it. Part of the drawback of watching Red Zone is sometimes stuff gets lost in the shuffle, right, uh, of a player having a big game or of a, uh, if a player gets in the end zone a couple of times. I don't always see it or, or remember it. I was blown away by the stat line I saw from the Saints on Sunday with Alvin Kamara. Um, dude has 13 catches for 39 yards or 35 yards. I think it was 35 yards. And I, I looked at it, I rubbed my eyes. I'm like, there's no way I'm looking at this box score, right? It's gotta be 13 rushes for 35 yards. No, 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 no. I was right the first time. 13 catches, 35 yards. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I can't remember what year it was, but there it was like week one or week two of the season. And Kamara had like 12 catches. Saquon Barkley had like 13 catches. Christian McCaffrey had 14 catches, and I know a lot of people were up in arms. We need to change this uh, uh, to running backs having half PPR and, and wide receivers having full PPR and tight ends having one and a half PPR. Well, it never really developed into that level, and yet we look back at what happened this week. Alvin Kamara no longer suspended 13 catches for 35 yards. Are we witnessing him coming back as a top 12 running back, or was this simply an outlier-type game? And I ask this because there's going to be a lot of people excited to start Alvin Kamara this week. Maybe they didn't last week because they were skittish about, you know, him coming back from the suspension. But we got four teams on bye this week. Some other teams might not have the luxury of sitting Kamara. What do you think about Kamara going forward after this 13-catch game? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I'm pretty confident in putting him in there. I don't think he's going to get 13 catches every night. And as you mentioned, his yardage was really low. Mm -hmm. David Carr was hurt, you know, his, his, his shoulder, his upper body area. So I'm not sure how long he was waiting around in the pocket looking for plays to develop. And, and Alvin Kamara was leaking out of the backfield and he was moving the chains that way. Um, and what's interesting is that he had his yards per rush were pretty high in that game as well. So uh, everything looked good for him. Um, tw- top 12 is kind of about where I have him in my rest of the season rankings right now. Um, but those receptions are nice. I, I, like I could see him like averaging four or five catches the rest of the season, but 13 is a little ridiculous. And I think that had something to do with game script. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty confident in starting him here. No problem. Any, any day, any week right now. And, and Chris, I, th- I think you bring it up. If, if he's getting four or five catches a week, makes perfect sense that you got to slot him in either as a second running back or one of your two flexes in the FFPC. Yeah. I mean, like, it, yeah. like that, that's the kind of stuff that is really, really difficult to replicate via another player on your bench, especially when the bye weeks kick in like this week. Yep. And especially with, you know, a lot of, and we were just talking about Jonathan Taylor, but a lot of people spent an early round pick on Jonathan Taylor. And um, we had some drafts the week of Vegas and there was still, you know, the, it was definite that he was going to be missing four games and he still went ahead of uh, a Kamara in a decent number of leagues. And um, so having um, the confidence that, this guy's going to be out there getting catches. He's he's he has that ability to rack up the catches. Where I think Jonathan Taylor's, uh, he gets some catches, but that his primarily just a, a yardage guy mm-hmm. and touchdown guy. So I just am thankful that we have Kamara and, and not a ton of Jonathan Taylor. We have we had Jonathan Taylor on some dynasty leagues, and and uh, so if you're looking at value at those two positions, the people who invest in Kamara, I think, are a lot better off right now. Toby, um, uh, we're, we're looking at Khalil Herbert here and, and taking on the Commanders Thursday night in D.C., our nation's capital. Khalil Herbert this past week against the hapless Denver Broncos defense, 18 carries for 103 yards. He also got four catches for 19 yards, and he got in the end zone here. Um, what do you think that and, – and I apologize to Broncos fans out there that are watching this right now. What do you think that Khalil Herbert does against – a real NFL defense against the commanders on Thursday. Is he still a startable type guy that, that we could put in our FFPC lineups and feel good about it, even on a short week? No, the short answer, no, not feel good about it. Um, can you start him this week? Absolutely. Um, I got a little bit of a head juke last week because right before the game, the coach or it was released that Rashawn Johnson was going to get more touches. And Rashawn Johnson was the player that I drafted most this offseason in best ball. So uh, I, I but I'm but I'm also a big fan of Herbert. I think where we drafted him and where he was getting drafted in in the redrafts, you know, round eight through twelve, 
was great value. So we do have Herbert. We are going to be playing him. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. Uh, not only does the Washington Commanders got a great defensive line um, and a good defense uh, overall, uh, but you don't know what the game – is he going to get the 18 uh, carries this week or is he going to get 7 to 12? And, right. you know, then uh, Rashawn Johnson get touches. So don't feel great about it. I do think that the targets – uh, he keeps getting targets, and for a running back, that that can keep a – even if you don't get in the end zone, you know, four catches can save a day. So I would I would probably cut it back about 50 yards total, uh, and it's a less than a 50% chance he gets in the end zone. Let me follow up on that, Toby, and ask you about Roshan Johnson because I think the, the prevailing narrative about Johnson, and this was going on during drafting season, was that he is not going to start off as the 1A guy. He's not going to start off as the guy that you want to be starting from the get-go. But as time goes on, as the season wears on, Roshan Johnson could become the guy for Chicago, making Deontay Foreman an afterthought and Khalil Herbert a backup. Do you still see it that way? And and at what point, you got four games of, of the sample size here, at what point do you think the changeover happens with Roshan Johnson? Does it still happen this year? And when do you think it happens, Toby, based on what you've seen so far? Okay, so for those of us that were Rashawn Johnson slappy and and making sure we got him in every draft, it was because he was uh, such a good pass protector in college. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when he would actually take come in for Texas and, and you know, play instead of Robinson. So he's, he's a really good pass protecting back, which is usually what keeps rookies out of the, you know, out of the game. Um, and – so I do think he's going to keep getting more touches, uh, but Herbert's one of those guys that just get that doesn't give up the job. I mean, he keeps getting it done. So definitely the last, like come playoffs, if you can, if if you want to trade for somebody that might be able to help your team, you know, in the latter half, you know, Rashawn Johnson's that guy. But uh, for now, in, until until Herbert has a truly bad game, or they they just figure they need to make major changes. I think that's probably what's going to happen later in the year and giving Rashawn Johnson his, his shot. And you think about uh, everything that could pay off in the FFPC best ball tournament, the main event, the fantasy pros championship. The, these are all uh, uh, contests that the big money has paid out at the end of the year. If Rashawn Johnson's the guy, you want to make sure you have him on your roster. Yeah. Um, we have been talking NFC North here. I, I'm getting the itch. I'm getting the scratch. Like right now, I, I got to talk Packers. Chris, it's been almost 10 minutes. I feel like I can get back into the Packers conversation. I, on Thursday night, I ended up starting um, uh, Aaron Jones in pretty much every league I had him. I, I had him in. And I started Christian Watson in about half, like I went about half start, half fetch, because I knew they were on a snap count, not a pitch count. For God's sake, I can't stand this pitch count crap with NFL players. They are not throwing out of the bullpen. They are not playing in the MLB postseason. It is not a pitch count. Is it a snap count? That said, moving forward, Aaron Jones, based on what you saw on Thursday, the fact that he basically didn't even get a touch out of the backfield until three minutes remaining, or excuse me, three minutes into the second quarter, is that going to affect the way that you deploy him in your starting lineups when the Packers go to Las Vegas and take on the Raiders on Monday night? I think this is a conundrum that a lot of people are having second thoughts on, Chris. Um, I, so there are a couple of things in that game that were really interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but Aaron Jones took some huge hits in that game. 
Um, and I think that could be part of the reason that's not, you know, broadcasted. He kind of bounced up from all of them, but I, I was, I was, I, I was surprised that he didn't have any limps or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on a snap count, um, I think that is a way. <laughs> that's a that to me. Uh, I we had him in a few leagues and did not deploy him for that reason. And the reason why specifically is because of the injury he had. Uh, those hamstrings are always tricky, and mm-hmm. I, I guess when you when a hamstring can just come right back on any play. And uh, so I get kind of scared about that, but I was really excited to see him make, make it through that game healthy and playing in the, at the end of the game. Um, So I think that probably after this week, he is probably uh, good to go. And I think I'll deploy him this year, this week. I think he's probably healed up from the hamstring. And um, I think that he's, I think he should be good to go. So I'd feel confident. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I'll, I'll I'm not going to victory lap on, but but I'm looking good on in one respect and looking really bad on the other respect. People were asking me, you know, players that to target during drafting season. I said, get all of your Lions and Vikings as you can because I don't believe in either one of those teams' defenses. I still don't believe in the Vikings. Starting to believe in the Lions' defense, not based on what they did in Green Bay, but what they did in Kansas City, what they've been doing all season. Um, Jack Campbell, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, like uh, Brian Branch, I, I think they got some good playmakers. These, I, I've said this. Um, last thing I'll say about the Packers, probably the um, the sum of the parts for the Lions' defense is greater than than what they have there, right? The Packers have eight or nine first round draft picks uh, on that defense for whatever reason. The sum of the of all the parts is not greater than the pieces, right? The Lions have a vision. They know what they need on their defense. Green Bay doesn't have that. Green Bay is acquiring talent, and, and certainly it could still work out. Detroit has the jigsaw puzzle, I think, either figured out or on their way to figure it out. I was wrong on that. Lions defense is going to be pretty good this year, and they demonstrated it on Thursday night. Going forward, let's talk tight ends here, Toby. I'm going to kick this to you. New Orleans taking on New England this weekend. Um, it, it, it's, in, uh, it, it's in Boston. Hunter Henry is seeing nearly six, just under six targets a game, basically at this point. He's had a couple of duds, right? Uh, but I, I feel like you look at Hunter Henry, again, in an FFPC format with tight end premium scoring and a double flex, I feel like Hunter Henry, you got to find a way to get him in your starting lineups this week against New Orleans, right? Yeah, he's he's been a pretty easy play in the sense that he's the leading receiver, you know, as a tight end. Now, Granted, it's the Patriots and they're not playing the best, uh, you know, playing the best right now. But uh, he, he is he is getting the targets uh, in a point and a half uh, perception league. I mean, four catches, 40 yards. You got you're at that 10 point base basis without even getting, you know, in the end zone. And and I think uh, he will be getting in the end zone uh Probably, I'd say I'd probably give him about a seventy-five percent chance this game. If they, I mean, they're going to need somebody to do it. And seventy-five percent for a touchdown, dude. I mean, like for Hunter Henry, given the targets that he's getting, um, and and the fact that you're missing four teams on bye this week, man. He, if I played in the FFPC, which I'd love to, but I can't, he'd be in my starting lineup yeah. uh, for sure going forward. Now, here's my favorite part of the program. Now, guys, um, uh. The, the format on the high stakes lowdown has changed over the last couple of years. We do this live on Tuesdays. Waiver wire runs, uh, the fab runs tomorrow with the FFPC. 
So anybody who is watching this can can get your 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 favorite fab um, targets that you're looking at this weekend. Um, I don't blame you if you want to hide a few of those, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't. Chris, I'm going to throw this to you first. Waiver wire targets this week. Who are you looking at? Who are your some of your favorites? And if you want to give us like a ballpark dollar amount that that you're throwing at these guys, that would be awesome. But again, you share what you want. Uh, okay, I'm pretty confident in the abilities of all these high stakes players that we've been playing against for the year, all the years. So uh, I I think everyone tends to go after the same players every week. So mm -hmm. I don't need to feel the need to hide. It's really just how much you want them with your bids. Um, but uh, one guy that I have marked down, um, I. I kind of feel like that uh, there's already been some major running back injuries and people out of running backs and, and the running backs that I do see on the waiver wire um, are pretty much really hard to trust. But um, so even like backups seem to be going and um, uh, are being rostered at this time. So one guy that I see that is on a decent amount of um, waiver wires is Ronnie rivers and mm -hmm. um he played really well as a backup in, in last week. I think he had over 40 yards rushing, maybe a target or two, but he actually looked pretty good. And he's been on our radar a little bit uh, last year. And I think that um, you see how the current running back, Kyron Williams, is doing this year. They're, and they're leaning on him so hard. I think he has a lot of value as a, as a backup, as a as an injury replacement if something does happen to him, where I think you could – play him and expect to see uh, maybe not similar numbers, but he could have games that are similar um, and he's available. But again, you're, you're just trying to hit injury Yahtzee with a guy like that. And I think almost every team that you see on the FCAP PC has injury Yahtzees at the end of their bench. And they're not guys you want to play, but they're guys that will become options if there is an injury. Um, another guy who's an injury Yahtzee guy, I think he's owned in most leagues, but Jaleel McLaughlin mm -hmm. is a similar kind of player. I'm not sure if he's available in too many of these, but he actually just did hit the injury Yahtzee with Javante Williams. Um, and he, he filled in admirably. He got like 22 some fantasy points. So if he's out there, I'd probably make a pretty big bid for him in the hundred dollar range. If you need someone to start through these bye weeks. Um, and uh, that guy showed a lot during the preseason. He had an incredible college career. So um, he's probably not on too many waiver wires, but if he is, I would make a play for him. Um, and as far as wide receivers, uh, I'm liking what I see out of Braxton Berrios. Um, that offense is, is really um, hitting full stride. They, they didn't play as awesome last week against uh, Buffalo, but they still had a number of players that that were playable for your fancy football teams. Um, and uh, the other ones, Toby can go after some of those guys, unless you want to chat about any of them real quick, Toby, I'm gonna let you talk about it in a second, but just to, to compound that Braxton Berrios point, Eric as and river Craycraft both going to be missing multiple weeks. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's going to be a lot of people that are down about the Dolphins. Just, it's just human nature. There's going to be people down about the Dolphins' offense this week because they lost by four touchdowns to the Buffalo Bills. Barrios is a guy that, yeah, if you got the, the room for him, you're going to be able to get him pretty cheap off the waiver wire this week. Toby, uh, besides the, the guys that Chris mentioned, are there any other players that, that you'd be looking at? In every league that he's available, Mike Wilson. Mm, uh, yes. 
he just uh he is a rookie um he didn't have the greatest combine so i didn't have huge expectations we have him in one of our dynasty leagues where it was he was the best available rookie receiver and we needed another you know uh another dart you know receiver but uh i've heard it said best that he runs that when he runs and he cuts he does it with with force and, and almost violence with his motions and and you know, normally you hear receivers that move, you know, smoothly, but what the commentator was talking about was that the defender, he literally creates, you know, two yard space, even though he only ran a, a four, five, nine, he, you know, creates a yard, you know, a half yard of space, which is all a good NFL quarterback needs, you know, to uh, of separation just by, just by doing his cut so violently. So uh, yeah, actually I'm, I'm a big fan of Mike Wilson, uh, as far as being a legit receiver that's out there. He's a number two on, again, a very bad offense, which is why he, why he's out there. But I, I you know, the other thing that, to keep in mind too, um, Rondale Moore saved that one rush that he had uh, last week or whatever, or two weeks ago, I think it was. Where has he been at the passing game? Non-existent. And Michael Wilson caught not one, but two touchdowns this past week. This is a player that, Granted, he's a rookie, and and he wasn't a pedigree guy, but this is a player that a lot of smart people like you guys um, drafted or at least picked up on their teams um, previous to this. And I think Wilson is an interesting guy to stash going forward, especially with the bye weeks upon us. Um, you could do a lot worse at wide receiver uh, than, than Michael Wilson. So I love that call uh, with you, Toby. And I want to keep this going here uh, with the final question of the evening. Toby, you're going to go first on this. Week five lineups. I don't know how close you've looked at them. We obviously don't have to submit anything till Thursday at the earliest with Washington and Chicago playing. Can you give us a sleeper that you would be looking at starting in your week five lineups that not a lot of FFPC players you think will would go after as far as starting? And then conversely, a player that's probably going to let a lot of people down that is going to be started in a lot of leagues this coming week, Toby. Okay, so my, Mike Wilson was my sleeper uh, for this week, uh, but I'm not uh, – I tell you what, it it comes down to desperation plays and figuring out. So, like McLaughlin, we have Javante Williams. Uh, luckily, in both main event leagues, uh, we we did get McLaughlin on our team already. Uh, but you know, somebody like that, I might be. It, but it's more of a desperation. I don't have uh, weekly sleepers that that I feel. You know, it, it's it's more when we're putting. You're just trying to put your best your best uh, roster out there. So. Chris, is there anybody that you uh, like or don't like this week? Um, yeah, there's a couple players. Uh, so, Nico Collins, we talked about AJ Terrell. He might get uh, 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 some uh, number one cover corner on him and leave some stuff open for Tank Dell. So, Nico Collins, I mean, uh, I would have a hard time not playing him, but I could not. I could see a scenario where he doesn't have a huge game, and that that would lead back to Tank Dell having a good mm-hmm. game as the sleeper. Uh, people still don't really trust starting Tank Dell. I mean, I, I still think that he has a little bit of more proving to do. But uh, to this, I think he's a good sleeper this week. Um, two other guys that I don't necessarily want to play this week, but I, it's really hard not to play them, um, would be Tony Pollard and Kyron Williams. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'm a – Niner season ticket holder and I'm good every game. So Tony Pollard, I hope has a terrible game. 
and they're playing against a really good run defense. So um, I could see a scenario uh, where where he doesn't have a good game. And then Kyrene Williams at Philly, I, it, it's not my favorite matchup there. The Niners did a decent job against uh, him. And then the other guy I don't want to play anymore is Waller. <laughs> and it's hard with that guy because I, I think he was – I've seen him go in the second round and the third round in FFPC formats. But for some reason, I, I, I guess the routes that he runs are um, more intermediate than they are short short routes, and uh, the offensive line can't keep um, Daniel Jones up that long. So he's really um, – been a disappointment and so is most of that offense um i think and they're spreading around so much there and the giants are that i think 11 different guys caught the ball so he's he it's it's rough to know if anyone's gonna get um any major targets there so darren waller is a guy that you know most people expect to start for i think he was maybe going the third tight end off the board um and um we might have drafted him (laughs) <laughs> we might have drafted him in round three. Uh, every year, every year, I we have the same conversation. I'm not going to watch any preseason games. All preseason games do is make me draft worse. Every year that happens. And this year, it was uh, Fields with you know Fields and Herbert in Chicago. On I was like, ooh, they look good. And then uh, uh, of course Waller looked like he was going to be. I, I think I started pro- projecting like 80 to 100 receptions uh, based off the preseason and. It's uh, yeah, that whole offense is perplexing. It's it's perplexing, and and I think the thing is is I can't remember. I mean, we're talking about a month ago, just a short month ago, um, people were still drafting FFPC teams, and Waller. Like the, the question with Waller was not, um, is he going to be a startable top twelve tight end week in and week out? The question was, should I draft him over TJ Hawkinson as the yeah. tight end three? Right, and now look where we are. Because yep. of the Giants off. I mean, the Giants – guys, I can't remember. When's the last time – did you watch that game on Monday night? When's the last time you saw a team get 11 sacks? 11 yep. sacks in yep. one game. I mean, it was it yeah. was comical at the end of the I game. I might have Daniel Jones on a lot of my best balls too. So. Well, okay, but that – okay. So, yeah, that I mean, that obviously stinks. Last night had to be an outlier. I mean, there's no way – well, I shouldn't say that. I don't really see a way that the Giants are this bad the rest of the season, but I don't think they'd be that bad. Uh, last night too, which I mean, Barkley will fix a few things once he gets back. No question. Um, they, they still don't have any threats on the perimeter until Jalen Hyatt is pro ready and, and Waller it's, I don't know, man, like I, I got him in a couple leagues. I, I I'm, I've ceased to believe in him. It's just, it, it's a bad situation uh, in New York right now. And, and I think the offensive line, it seems to me to be the real issue. He's gets massive time. So yeah. Yeah, so that's the main issue there. And their left tackles coming back, Thomas, but uh, I think they need more help there. Only the Giants could, <laughs> after a, after what we saw on Monday night, you didn't think it could get any worse. And I saw the update before we came on the air tonight. Um, one of their starting linemen, I can't remember who it was, and then Daniel Bellinger, their backup tight end, both hurt on the brotherly shove play um, where they <laughs> where they failed to get the first down. <laughs> Trying to emulate. They're NFC East rivals, and not only did they not get the first down, win the game, but they get two players hurt on it. So frustrating. Um, guys, it has been a pleasure, as always, talking with you. Um, I know uh, it is a slog. We are into October as you guys are chasing that million-dollar grand prize in the FFPC main event. Not only do I wish you good luck in that, I wish you good luck in your dynasty leagues. 
and the pros versus Joe's competition as well that I know you guys are competing in uh, this year. It is always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, we will follow you, Chris, on the X machine at WW uh, chart, as it were. And then Toby, are you on Twitter X or, or no? 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 No. Okay. That that's fine. <laughs> we will continue to follow you every time you appear on an FFPC podcast going. Awesome. Gentlemen, you be, you guys be good. Thank you so much for, for popping on tonight. Really enjoyed it. Yep. Good luck the rest of the way and bring home that seven figure grand prize. Excellent. Hey, thank too. You. thanks for having us. You got it. Absolutely. Chris Hart, Toby Bielkini, uh, guys, uh, to chiming in on the show tonight. Uh, certainly appreciate those guys popping on. One of the first guests, you know, when the FFPC family of podcasts began more than a decade ago, two of the, uh, those two guys were, were one of my first guests ever that we've had on the program. Always enjoy uh, chopping it up with them. That will complete tonight's broadcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, want to uh, thank uh, Toby Bielkini, uh, Chris Hart for popping aboard. We are live again next Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time on the road of his high stakes lowdown. You can also check out the high stakes fantasy football show this Thursday at 7 p.m. until 9 p.m. on the Better Sports Network. My guest co-host for the full two hours uh, this coming week will be the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast host and Buffalo WGR 550 Sports Talk Radio, uh, Mike Shope at Shope Talk on the X. He will uh, join me for a full two hours of fantasy football fun and a uh, Thursday night preview of that Chicago-Washington game. Uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is back live again at 10 p.m. Eastern time this Friday night with myself and Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Commissioner Farrell Elliott. Uh, we'll chop it up with a high-stakes uh, uh, player, FFPC player, uh, coming up this uh, Friday as well. Go to myffpc.com. Myffpc.com uh, is uh, you can play the FFPC Weekly Challenge there. There's no draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players if you want to play without kickers and defenses, 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses by Sunday's kickoff, and then watch your players ride throughout the weekend to try to win as much as $2,500, just $200 or $35 to enter. You can play in 10-team, 50-team, and 100-team competitions. Uh, remember to like uh, this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified every time we go live here on the FFPC YouTube channel. Or if you're watching on Facebook and Twitter, we appreciate you there as well. I will talk with you again Thursday night with Mike Shope. Get those waiver bids in for tomorrow, 10 p.m. waiver wire run. Uh, and good luck in week five. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk with you again shortly. Thanks. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.